back to Pursued by Bear. <laughs> Episode four. A show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> um, I'm Taylor. And I'm Dia. And we have another informational interview with us today. And we will let her introduce herself. Uh, hi, I'm Daniela Garcia Bruchek. My name is a mouthful, but I hope that I'm not like my personality isn't. But there's my intro. A tasteful mouthful. A tasteful, <laughs> just enough. Just enough. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm very happy that Daniela introduced herself because I have known her for a while and had no idea that her last name was pronounced Bruchek. Yeah, Bruchek. Because it's it's spelled like Breck. Yeah. Like, obviously, I got this one. <laughs> it's funny because if you are from the Czech Republican, Czech Republic, or Slovakian background, you would know how to pronounce it. I Otherwise, am, I'm a quarter Slovak. Oh, my grandma's from Czechoslovakia. And then there we have it. So you could I'm not pronounce my last name. Ignorant of my own heritage. <laughs> it's okay. It's very rare. Um, and Daniela is a lit manager at Circle of Confusion. Ayo. Ayo. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what that means? <laughs> Um, I represent screenwriters and a couple of directors, but directors who kind of double up as writers and directors, um, try to get them work. I find new voices, whether it's from recommendations or literally, uh, in the black hole of our queries email. Um, and, uh, yeah, I try to get them work, introduce them to the town and kind of get them work and allow my position exists as kind of like the headhunter of like getting them jobs. Yeah. Nice. But yes. like a like a headhunter with benefits. I feel like <laughs> a lot of people and like probably many of our listeners like don't know the difference between an agent and a manager. And like I met Daniela because I was an intern at her company and I had that job and didn't know the difference until I got there. Yeah, I mean, that's what an internship is uh, supposed to help you differentiate. Yeah. But, you know, agents act as sort of like the money people right they mm -hmm. look at deals and they look at people as money and whereas managers tend to look at people and understand their career trajectory trajectory sorry i had a couple of mimosas earlier um <laughs> career trajectory and really allow the client to be put their best foot forward and achieve those goals in a very pragmatic way rather than be like how can we monetize off of you immediately um and yeah I just kind of want to facilitate the creative people so you sort of frame their career the way they envision it yes but I also am trying to be pragmatic about it because it's like if I meet someone who's like I want to direct my first feature and they only did a short it's like how do we put you in that position but in a way where you don't well, I want their feature to be the best that it can be, right? Um, so, yeah, it's just conversations. So do you have an assistant? I do not. Okay, so you're, you're, the, you're the one. I, I am the one and only me. Um, I work <laughs> as my own assistant, so I hate myself at times, and other times I'm quite impressed. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a really interesting period of my life right now. Yeah, Daniela is a newly minted manager, but is definitely gonna like be the the what's the head headhunter <laughs> of headhunter academy yes of headhunter warts <laughs> she's gonna hunt all the heads i will so hunt watch all out. the heads watch out watch out muggle but you want me <laughs> to be hunting your head i don't know i hate myself already you so want sorry. her to headhunt your head 
think this metaphor is <laughs> We have taken it a step too far. Um, but yeah, so like I think one of the aims of, of this podcast is uh, to sort of talk about every single step of the process to like getting from A to Z. Mm-hmm. Um, or becoming Daniela. Or yeah, becoming Daniela. Or hunting um, her head <laughs> and then <laughs> taking it and becoming it. Really, really pushing it. <laughs> I kind of want to see how far it goes. I'm also the only one who hasn't had mimosas today, so. I have not had any mimosas. Did you yeah, know she I was, was responsible. Driver. She Ooh. DD'd. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, we were, at a, we were at a brunch before this. And yet it was a guest, birthday brunch, so you know we get rowdy. And yet our guest just <laughs> imbibed. Yeah, no, I did. But I think that in order for me to give the most honest advice, I had to be, you know, You're taking one not for the sober. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. took one for the team. <laughs> yes. Being the best you can be. Yes. Um, so how did you, how did you become Daniela? How did I become me? Um, did you, so, okay, so where are you from originally? Um, okay. I'm going to preface this with the fact that I am called a third culture individual, a TCI or a TCK, third culture kid. Um, I was born in Venezuela. I grew up in Southeast Asia, uh, in order Taiwan, Japan, the Philippines and Singapore. Um, and then I went to boarding school in Connecticut and went to NYU uh it's it's just kind of the tci individual thing is stemmed from the fact my parents are from one culture i grew up in another being asia and then i'm establishing my roots in the united states uh so it's just like i don't know where i'm from i'm a global citizen um and therefore my jokes are very unique because no one can identify with So yeah, I went to boarding school, then I went to NYU. When I first went to NYU, I ended up going to Florence for the first year. It was this really weird program that was like, we're gonna accept you, but you're of the top ten percent of people we rejected. Like we don't think your SAT scores are good enough. Whatever. Uh, At the time, I thought I wanted to study how people learn language, and then very quickly was like, how do I get into the creative arts? Like I'm at NYU. How do I get into Tisch? Uh, I don't know how I got into Tish, but I transferred successfully. Found out when I was in Amsterdam, um, which was awesome. And then, yeah, so uh, sophomore and junior year, I was at Tish and realized that the way NYU functions is like I could graduate in two and a half years. Graduated early and then ended up in L.A. Um, so you just ran through like questions one through ten. One in, through like, ten, yeah, no. Five minutes. <laughs> I'm but, so sorry. You um, can cut me off, and you can no, just, no. I just let's like, get back to me. Okay, so what did you major in going into NYU, and then what did you major in when you went to Tisch? So when I went into NYU, I wanted to study um, neuroscience and like cognitive learning, focusing on language and developmental skills, and then when so I not being a headhunter <laughs> no not being not being the headhunter that I guess I am today um and then without telling my parents I applied to Tish to study film production um and then when I went when I got into Tish I studied film production but I focused in screenwriting but more so producing and like sort of developing scripts and then ultimately that kind of landed me at a management company because yeah primarily you know so do you think like so for some of our listeners who are maybe applying to colleges now, what leg up did Tish give you or like what experiences did you have at Tish that were unique or helped you or not unique and helped you? Ah, 
okay, I don't want to trash on my school, but it's really but you but I you're going to. but I will. Um so the thing about NYU is prestigious in that we have like alumni like Martin Scorsese and if you're an or auteur, quote unquote, which can you know, like you can create a world that's very unique, congratulations. You are going to make the most of your experience at Tisch. But I found that it was like the collaborative environment is not true to how Hollywood functions. I did not know what a management or an agency was when I went to NYU. And I think that if you're going to study that with the hopes of making a profession, you should be required to intern at one of those places and it wasn't until after college that I was like I don't know the difference between an agency and a management company and I don't know how people can monetize off of their art um and so I was very frustrated with that process and that's why I graduated early um but I what was great was I was in New York City and I had five internships before I graduated which was awesome I worked for Drake Duramis I worked for Darren Aronofsky I had a lot of opportunities I don't think a lot of people have so I think that when it comes to applying to colleges and figuring out where you're going to go, look for the places that will give you the opportunities that are outside of your education. Because uh, the one thing is I learned very quickly that the way NYU operated was like, if you're going to be a creator and not collaborate, you should find a way to understand how the business functions outside of that. Um, so be well-rounded. Yes, exactly. But you have to see that for yourself and be very aware of the fact mm -hmm. that like your education is not going to provide you with all the tools for you to survive in the real world. So the men. Yeah. Yeah. That was, mm -hmm. that was some real truth. <laughs> Mike dropped. I'm over here just like, <laughs> just like waving in the air. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, glad yes. you vocalized what you were doing. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I just. I feel like I should have known you before I applied to college and you could have just straightened my life out. Oh, I wish I had known you before today. <laughs> I can be your guru still. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, sorry. Oh. She's going through questions so yeah, fast no, no, no. that I'm like, we got to speed up this no timeline. So you, you did a bunch of internships and then you graduated early and then you were like, great. Now that I have all this stuff, stuff. under my belt, I'm going to go to L.A. and yeah do it so what would what did you do when you got here um so when I moved out here I lived at uh on this really short street called Roebling Avenue did you have a job I did not have a job when I moved out here I think that you have to go out here with the mentality of I need to be scared can I can I swear on this oh, podcast yeah. oh god you have to be yes. scared shitless my dad <laughs> raised me with the mentality that if you're not scared then you're not growing <laughs> um so which I guess in hindsight is like a weird way to raise your children uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, like fear builds character. And so I was like, parents, I don't have my diploma technically, but I'm moving to L.A. because that's where the industry that I studied exists. Um, I lived in on or frat row adjacent. I went to NYU. So this was like a very weird thing for me. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I want to be a writer. Like I came out here. I'm like, being a writer is like feels like that's how you sustain your own career. Mm -hmm. Like you have control. And very quickly I was going crazy because I didn't have an office job. Because, you know, if you don't are not disciplined, which if you want to be a writer, you need to be disciplined. And I was yep. not. Um, so I was like applying to jobs. I applied to 60 jobs in two weeks and didn't get a single interview. And there was something where I was like, I there's a disconnect. Like what do I what skill set do I not have? um that is preventing me from getting these jobs and so 
I turn to Craigslist and I see this ad that says <laughs> as the desperate people do. Yeah. Two weeks. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my screenplay hasn't sold and I don't have a job. My parents are going to kill me because, you know, I'm a child of immigrants. So at a certain point, I was like, I cannot disappoint. Them. Amen to that. <laughs> I feel that. 300,000%. Yes. Um, so I go to Craigslist and there's an ad that says assistant training boot camp. And what I knew from the job that, that I was playing to. so sketchy. Oh, wait for it. <laughs> so <laughs> assistant training boot camp. And it said, you know, if we accept your application and you get the job, you know, we'll contact you with the details. So I applied and I explained my situation. I was like, I moved to L.A. This is my experience. I need a job or I need something, a way to spend my t- time every day. Uh, I get a, an email back that's like, please meet me in the back of this building in Culver City. Nope. I send my I'm on my location I say if you don't hear from me at the end of the day I might be dead or like please like look for my body moms love to hear that yeah especially because like neither one of us had heard of a place called Culver City so we were both like what is happening this is like in the boonies of Culver City like very you know where that mall is like I don't even it's a Westfield oh, yeah, mall yeah, 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 yeah. yeah where the target is yeah. Like, oh it's just like yeah yeah, yeah. the That's... close to the airport right. um and so I applied to this internship that was a quote-unquote assistant boot camp and it was for a guy who is a reality tv producer yes um he basically was like I will teach you everything you need to know to be an assistant and then after three months we'll get you an interview at a place of your choosing and so I was like, okay, I walk into this room and there are 30 people in suits and literally it just, it, it does not feel real, but like they're all, they're all around these desks and there are just two offices in the back. And I'm like, this cannot be a real thing. Like, did he hire these people? He interviews <laughs> me and he's like, you have the job if you want it. And I'm like, okay. And he's just like, I'm all I need for you to do is help me cast these reality TV shows that I will then pitch to these studios and blah, blah, blah. I was like, this is scary, but this is a job and this will teach me how to roll calls and like a calendar and yada, yada, yada. Um, and then three months later, he delivered on his promise. I had an interview at Circle of Confusion against me and my seven other friends. Um, I feel like this is telling our listeners to answer sketchy Craigslist <laughs> Unfortunately, this program doesn't work anymore, but I would say that the equivalent is if you have the resources over the summer, go to L.A. and try to just be an assistant, whether it's for but be an assistant that will teach you how to roll calls and calendar stuff. And, you know, being at an agency isn't the ideal, like most fun internship, but it will teach you that skill set that will differentiate you from anyone that's graduating college. Or get an internship somewhere where you can like shadow or like cover for assistance so you get the experience. And yeah. that's not industry specific. That's just even if you're in college, just be a receptionist or assistant somewhere and you can learn how to manage calendars and roll calls and organize other people's lives, which is <laughs> Sort of what you do when you come out here. Yeah, exactly. Like people just, they want you to be an extension of them. So if you already have a leg up by doing that from an internship, then you're a sip ahead. (laughs) Then those like myself, when I graduated, I was like, I worked for Darren Aronofsky and that meant nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't care because it was like, I didn't roll calls for him. He had an assistant at the time. I was just reading scripts and I helped build furniture for him in his house. But that's not something where people are like, yes, this is a girl we trust. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, I ended up getting the job at Circle of Confusion. I'm really happy your sketchy Craigslist job worked out. It worked out. out for me. And you're not dead. Yeah, I'm not dead and I'm not the like star of a Lifetime movie, which is kind of upsetting because that was another life goal, but maybe we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. You we'll get there. there. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. It'll and be it, a different thing. It works out for us that you're still alive, so you know. Yeah, it benefits everyone. <laughs> Would you say that you use the power of the secret? when you went in for that craigslist job. i will everything to happen <laughs> i it's really sad because i didn't know what the secret was until after the fact and i'm like oh my gosh i've been using it my whole life yeah it's my favorite so thing good. to joke about but i also take it seriously <laughs> seriously i don't think i would have ever seen ryan gosling in real life if it weren't for the secret yeah yeah because you will it to that happen. sounds like a story we need to hear about um, I've seen Ryan Gosling three times thanks to my life in New York because he had an apartment on 12th and 3rd, I believe, and I lived we on 12th maybe cut that out. and Broadway. He doesn't have it anymore because of Ava Mendez and they have like an actual house with their baby Esmeralda. I know too much about this family. <laughs> anyway, so he's walking uh, cross town on 12th between third and broadway and i'm walking towards my dorm which was on Pala- uh, uh it was called palladium at nyu which was just uh south of 14th street I'm walking down i'm eating subway cookies i literally see the most beautiful man in my life and i yell ryan gosling and i collapse into the bed of a truck on the street what and he starts laughing <laughs> he literally was just like well this is my life <laughs> um and he just he just laughed at me and I was like you're acknowledging that I'm a crazy person that was the most ridiculous sequence of events I've ever heard so wait it was actually more crazy than the Craigslist no my life is really insane I want to pause and go back to this so you saw him you go most beautiful man you shout Ryan Gosling (laughs) you you collapse into a truck bed how'd you get up there I'm tall so it's literally like my elbow fell into this truck bed that was actually like open I don't know what that person was doing but it's New York so I feel like he was like getting rid of a body of course Ryan Gosling sees this because you shouted at him and then you collapse and I collapse and also my mouth is filled with like warm chocolate chip cookies from subway so like every it was probably i've never been more elated in my life because i'm like mm, gooey flavored deliciousness i'm like hot man approaching me um and he laughed and we shared this moment i'm like we're in love leave at mendez please and then the next day i go to the highline i don't know if you guys are familiar yeah, with it but I the know. elevated park I know, New York. I know about that. I'm it's, from California. It's beautiful. If you ever go to New York in the summertime, it is one of the best places to just kind of escape. It's like an urban boardwalk. Yeah. It like goes through the whole It um spans thing. from like... The whole thing. It's on 10th Avenue, spans from 12th Street to 26th or 32nd Street, and it is uh, from the meatpacking district where they would actually transport the meat. That's Poor the history. Yeah, right? Um, and so it's a beautiful, they kind of like reconstructed it to look like an outdoor park. And it's a great place. And I went there with a friend the next day after I saw Ryan Gosling to tell her about the Ryan Gosling story. And uh, <laughs> we're sitting by this this hotel and I see him again. And I just yell, Ryan Gosling, are you serious? <laughs> he looks at me and he's holding a motorcycle helmet and he just waves at me. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> This is this is not a coincidence. This is true love. And my friend's just like laughing at me because she's like, you're audacious. And he just waves at me and he keeps walking. And then later that day, there is a series of photos that like come online that are like he's playing the ukulele as he's walking down the street. I'm like, I saw him that day. 
and we're meant to be. And I'm still waiting for him to call me to be like, yeah, we're meant to be. Headhunt him. I'm going to headhunt him. <laughs> In a non-work way, <laughs> we'll headhunt Ryan Gosling. It's okay. This I didn't is, mean it like that. I did, though. I'm very happy with the direction that this has gone in. Yeah, this is no longer about your job. It's about how to land a hot celebrity man. Which so. is really what we want to know. Yeah, I know. It's really why we all moved out here. To LA. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like the... But that's like, the, you know, the pot of gold at the end of the career rainbow, right? Right, and just get it rich, handsome... Oh, yeah. yeah husband. Where he comes to me, is like, hey, do I know you? And I'm like, <clears throat> do I know, I know you? <laughs> Let me refresh your memory. And then you shout Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Ryan Gosling! Shove a cookie in your mouth and follow her. <laughs> I'm like, is there a subway nearby? And can we be near a truck? This is the only way this is going to work. <laughs> And then we fell in love. I'm sure he remembers you. I'm sure he does. <laughs> I just, I'm unforgettable. And then I saw him a third time, which was just like walking down the street and I refrained from saying his name. And I felt like it was like of the three times the most anticlimactic. Well, rule of threes. You have to do the same thing three times for it to be cemented. And then I failed myself <sighs> because I didn't do the, the same thing the third time. I'm confident the opportunity will present itself again. I trust that it will. And the power dynamics will be different because I will be better than it. Oh, snap! Ryan Gosling, I challenge you via podcast. This is like turned into some West Side Story, like, snap down the street battle. Yes, Great. exactly. Um, okay, so you got the job at Circle. I got the job at Circle going back. What job was that? Um, I worked for two producers. At the time, it was Rick Jacobs and Stephen Emery in the production department, which was just the two of them. Um, and during, what does the production department do? Uh, so they had, I think at the time, like maybe 30 projects in development, which meant either we had an idea and we were developing a script. It was off of IP because Rick Jacobs uh, represents like IDW, which is a comic book publishing company, and also Top Cow. And so it was like, okay, we have this great piece of IP X and then we get uh, writers to write on spec the adaptation and then trying to see where we can get financiers or a director attachment. And so it was really interesting to see that process. I wanted to be so I went from wanting to be a, a writer to then wanting to be a producer because I was working for two producers and I was like, this feels this feels right. I'm still reading scripts. I'm giving notes. It feels good. I feel great. Um, and so uh, during my time working for them, I was able to see a project from pre-production through post. Um, La Vida Robot, which is now called mm -hmm. Spare Parts, starring George <laughs> Lopez um, and Jamie Lee Curtis, which nice. a great story about Jamie Lee Curtis calling the office. Oh, let's let's tangent into that. We're going to go a little bit of sidebar. So I, I have faith in yours. Oh, yes. Um, so, you know, part of my job, answering phones. I answer Rick Jacobs' office, and he goes, hey, it's uh, Jamie. I've read this great script called La Vida Robot, and I was wondering if I could talk to the director. And, you know, security, I'm not going to be like, hey, here's the director's phone number. I don't know who you are, Jamie, not realizing it was Jamie Lee Curtis. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't have that information, but we're the company that's producing it. Would you like to speak to one of the producers, Rick Jacobs? She's like, oh, yes, that'll do. <laughs> so I was like, OK, I'm so sorry. Can I just get your full name? And she goes, it's Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. I put her on hold and I walk into my <laughs> boss's office and I'm literally like, because typically you use I am like you're just like I am your boss and you're like, you know, so and so is online seven. And 
And I just needed to go into his office and be like, by the way, Jamie Lee Curtis is on line seven for you. And he goes, what? And I go, pick it up. Pick up the phone. So he picks it up and he goes, hey, Jamie. <laughs> I'm like dying because I'm like, you guys are not friends, are you? Um, and she really liked the project. She responded to the point where she was like, is there a way that I can get involved? Because there wasn't a part written for her. Or there was a small part, but she wanted to expand it to be in the movie a little bit more. So anyways, so that was a fun story where Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis basically liked the movie so much she wrote a part for herself. Um, I like it when like important people call and not important people pick up the phone. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm like, you don't know me, but I know you from Freaky Friday. I love you. I love you. You knew Lindsay Lohan before she went a little... <laughs> The so. guy who uh, Wolf of Wall Street is based off, Jordan, the like, yeah. actual man, he called when I was, you know, covering the phone. And then I was like, I'm just an intern. I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> who was this? And then so he decided to, like, ask me about my life and my internship and if I was, like, happy. Oh, wow. That's really and nice. how I'm doing. And, he was oh, like, I served time in federal prison. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let me learn more about you. <laughs> I was like, I, you, you, you don't care about this. <laughs> Please stop. Yeah, my one, like really cool call that I got in the two whole weeks that I was covering assisted desks at Circle was Seth Green. And he had the great grace to say his full name when I asked him who was calling. Or he was like, hey, it's Seth Green. And I was like, thank you for not just saying Seth. Yes, thank you. Because yeah. I don't know who you are if you say your name is Seth. You could be Seth Rogen, Seth Green, Seth... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But hi, it's Seth Green calling. And you're like, just one moment I'm pretty sure I know who you are hold and then you freak out and, and then you then tell you your boss and you do your job mm-hmm. but inside you're, c- crying. you're crying you're happy, crying like happy crying happy crying also sad crying because you wish you were there also scared crying because you don't know what the fuck you're doing <laughs> yeah uh, yes because then when he takes Jamie Lee Curtis and it's like get her contact information and then I had to find out whether she liked to go by Jamie Lee or Jamie and I watched an Oprah video to confirm that she liked to go by Jamie it was amazing because I was like, please welcome to the stage, Jamie. And it's like, ah, and I was like, oh, my. I had to watch the video and then send it to my boss to be like, you can address her as Jamie. It's OK. Because that's what Oprah does. Yes. Oprah is the Rule authority. Thumb, guys. <laughs> Oprah does it. You can do it. Exactly. Who's going to be our next Oprah? Just the little question for it's the like, group. Like the next Oprah, like of the world. Yeah. I don't know. That's a really. It's like a little question. concerning. She can never die. I think Chelsea I think Handler we've, is we've trying. Decided. Really she's hard. trying, but I don't she think can. that she she's has not, the mannerisms to be the no, next she's, Oprah. She's too crass. I like her, but she's not. She's not Oprah material. I think we've decided that Oprah can never die. I'm really worried it's that she might. Uh, mortality is a real thing. Just okay. We can think about this for a little bit. We've got a few years to come up with a robot. But it has to be robot. a woman, and it has Technology. to be a woman with that volume. Melissa McCarthy. She's not Oprah. She doesn't have her own show. She could be. I want Melissa McCarthy to mentor me forever. We're going to, before the end of the episode, we will come to a consensus about our, we'll we'll ponder and then we'll each present our choice for the Oprah gauntlet. Yeah. Who's going to inherit that? Next top Oprah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I would like that actually. Tyra Banks? Like we're gonna get a woman to host the next like late night or like big show, and we're gonna do like last comic standing style like Hunger who, Games. Who can like whose favorite best? list are we gonna follow mm-hmm. until we die? That's really what I want to know. 
Um, oh, you know who the next whose Oprah book club is? matters who? the most? Okay, she's a YouTuber, but bear with me. Her name is Ingrid Nilsson. She's a like beauty guru, but she interviewed Obama recently, and her questions were on point. She asked any about, highlights like, of the questions. Yeah, he answered the question. Well, it, it was like YouTube asks Obama, and her questions were about like LGBT stuff. And she asked, she was like, "Did you know that tampons are taxed as a luxury?" in like 40 states and he was like i didn't know that and i was like this girl just taught something to obama she's very poised that also concerns me that the president doesn't know about the tampon tax well i mean i feel like it's 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 like he knows more more things oh wow i was the next oprah dia just googled who was the next oprah i'm gonna go better not be tyra i think it might be daniela thank you so much that's why i asked you here 21 women who could surprise you and become the next Oprah. Yeah, no, I'm not about the slide thing. Oh, here we go. Is it a listicle? Nope. Ooh, what if it's a... Never mind. I changed my mind. I don't like her. Elizabeth Gilbert. (laughs) She had a really good TED Talk. Yeah. Pippa Middleton. No. Snooki, no. No. What? Any of the Kardashians. No. No. We're good. Okay, now that we got our Oprah tangent. We got our... I'm sorry, I opened that can of worms, but I think about it daily. It's delicious. Delicious can of worms. Delicious can of worms. Gummy worms. Gummy worms. Yum, yum, yum. Vitamin gummies. Okay, so you were an assistant there. Yes. So when I was working for Rick and Steven, I thought that I want... It took like seven or eight months, and I was like... I don't know if I'm moving up. Like, what are what are my opportunities? You know, I, I, I'm kind of someone who's like a shark. Like, if I stand still, I think I'm going to die. So I was like, <laughs> what's my next move? And like, da-da-da. Like, I moved out to L.A. so that I could achieve my goal of being a producer. Mind you, I thought I wanted to be a writer. So, like, already I'm having an identity crisis. And then quickly I was like, I'm going to work at a studio. Uh, that stemmed from this idea that like being in producing, you had to look for money mm-hmm. and the studio had money. So it's like, well, that seems like that's going to solve some problems. <laughs> so I applied to like a dozen jobs and ended up working at MGM for the EVP of production development very quickly realized that it was not the job that I thought it was and was upset by the people in my life who did not tell me what that job really was. So what was like, what was the difference between your two jobs and why was that not addressing your goals? Um, you like my very interview like question there. You're maybe Dia's the next Oprah. You're really Dia honest. is the Thanks. next Oprah Thanks. because I feel stunned by her, her questions challenged, but ready, you know, business major guys, business. This, this is my business entire time. college education was how to write, bullshitting emails and, <laughs> and podcast questions and on the spot podcast questions on the spot um okay mm, i like to put it this way where when i worked at circle of confusion for two producers i realized that i had the opportunity to say yes more often or i was hearing that my bosses were saying yes more often in terms of listening to the writer hearing what they had to say what their contributions were where they were coming from but also the producer's idea for the project wasn't being compromised it was like a very nice middle ground what's it a nice like collaborative very collaborative you know if you work for a production company you will find that it's very collaborative whereas the studio a studio like mgm very low risk you know very old school they have their library things like creed which is an extension of the rocky franchise they're not going to kill off sylvester stallone in like a violent death in the first act because they have a legacy to protect um and so very quickly i'm working for my boss who wait 
Oh my gosh, Taylor's freaking I'm out. Taylor is like hugging herself. GM is like Burr and Circle is like Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Burr trying so hard and I'm willing to wait for it. Yeah. So I'm at MGM and I'm like, mm, how do I get back to a ham? Mm-hmm. So I just two valid but like different perspectives. Yeah, because I think too, it's like so good. you work at a production company, you have an opinion, and you're listening. And ver- whereas Burr, the MGM, was not willing to have Talk one less, because smile more. Yeah, low risk. Uh, very boring because the phone's not ringing as much. The people you're working for play it safe. And I was just like, I'm not getting anything out of this experience. I wanted to say yes more in every single script that I read. I read so many scripts that were really good. I read a lot of scripts that were really bad, but the ones that were really good, I tried to like advocate for them for my boss and he was just trying to find a reason to say no. So regardless of whether I thought it was good or not, it didn't matter. Uh, and I was like, how do I get back? <laughs> how do I? And take I just, me back. Take me back. Um, also disclaimer, do not take a job for the sake of taking a job. If you know, you're not going to get along with your boss. Like my boss and I did not get along. He basically was like, is your bubbly personality going to get in the way of your work? And that should have been a red flag before I accepted the position. So (laughs) I quit after three months. I put in my two weeks. If you're going to quit your job, put in two weeks because it makes everyone's life hell. If you don't, um, it doesn't matter how much you hate someone. Don't do it. And cause you're going to be working with them for, or not working with them, but you're going to be working in the same industry, which is a lot yeah, be, smaller than right, everyone expects. Right. To be. It's very small. I'm going to have to cross paths with my old boss now that I'm a manager. Like I will have scripts that I will have to take to him. So the fact that I put in my two weeks, he's still probably going to take my call. Uh, but he's also, you know, I don't know. He's, he's probably not going to be happy to hear my name on the other (laughs) end of the phone, but then I'm going to be like redemption. I'm the best. Um, how do you like that bubbly personality? Yeah. What? Bitch. Um, and then I called the office manager and several assistants at circle of confusion. And I said, how do I come back? And then I said, I don't think I want to work in production anymore. Because what I liked most about both jobs was working with the writers. And what I liked a lot was working with the managers and sometimes the agents. But it was more so like, how are these people protecting their client and putting their client's best foot forward uh, and sort of creating a career for them and being an advocate for them? And it was an extension of what I studied in college, working with other writers and trying to be like, what's your vision? But how do we make it commercial? But I also don't want to compromise their vision, you know. Um, and so, like, it's just an extension of that idea. And so I talked to a lot of people. And they're like, we're happy to have you come back. <laughs> um, and so I came back. I worked for my old bosses for a little bit because they had fired their assistant. And so I helped them settle in. <laughs> that was a little intense. And then when a, a, an assistant position for two managers opened up, I dove right in. And I felt really at home. There was something about it that was just like, wow. It took me a long time to stray from my path. But now realize what I actually want to do uh, and working for Zach Cox and Julian Rosenberg was like absolutely informative and like I don't know I can't imagine what my life would have been without working for them and then six months later they promoted me to coordinator which nice. was crazy yeah and then a year later what, you <laughs> um, what does a coordinator do a coordinator yeah, so I mean, like I, I kind of still don't know and like I, I know coordinators and I know that it's a bump, but I don't know what it means. What it what it means. Yeah. Um, it's really funny because in the agency realm, like the coordinators don't 
tend to be assistants anymore and what they do is similar what the management companies do but um on the management side the coordinator starts to work more on a macro level like who are the clients I was on the feature side so I was reading every single feature client we had understanding how to pitch them to the studios if they had open writing or open directing assignments um and then kind of working as an extension and as a representative for the company but it was like clearly I didn't have clients yet so it was just like all right I am going to be the spokesperson for Circle. You're baby manager. I was baby manager. It was like basically they're trying to see whether I can do the job. And you're selling the clients. Circle is a very we culture. You know, every every manager has their clients, but you as a manager should be able to pitch other people's clients because you want to help the company as a whole. And so the coordinator is like that position to be like, who do you know? Who can you pitch? What can you do? And then it was also seeing what the what was in the zeitgeist. Um, there were a lot of scripts last year that were like, all right, you have like the Pixels-esque, you know, aliens dropping something into the world and da-da-da-da, or female leads like a Lucy-type movie. And so seeing what was sort of in the zeitgeist and if you had a client that was going out with something similar, just understanding that like, you had to inform the client that this was what was in the marketplace. Um, and it kind of, I grew up in that, like that period of being a coordinator. Cause I was like, Oh shoot. Like it's not just being working for circle, but it's also knowing what's in the marketplace as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the feature space, which was where my focus has been. Uh, but then I started to pick up things in the TV space. Cause I'm sure some people are noticing that like there are TV shows that are TV adaptations of the feature worlds. So excited for taking the TV show, guys. Oh, my gosh. Is that a thing? Yeah. It's, no, a, it's, it's, a, it's thing. a thing. So it takes place present oh day. It's basically who was Liam Neeson before Taken. Before his daughter was taken. So it's like pre-Taken. It's the conception of the daughter from Taken. It's pre-Taken, conception of the daughter, but it takes place in present day. It's not like an 80s cop show. It's so strange. Does, but then does, Limitless does worked really get, well. Does anyone get taken in it? I would assume so. I'm assuming all the peoples in the mo- in the show will be tooked. Tooked. <laughs> They're going to get tooked. They're going to be tooked. Their tookuses Their will be taken <laughs> away <laughs> into the spains. Oh, my God. No, and they're just like, you know, what is it? A lethal weapon. They wanted to make a show. MacGyver, they're probably yeah. going to make a show. They're just... They, they are making a MacGyver show. Yeah. I think it was just greenlit. I think so too. See, this is the thing I can't speak honestly to. I should know this stuff, but it's like in the feature space, I'm like, let's talk about, you know, this movie that just sold or whatever. And uh, Limitless worked really well, though, I heard. Yeah, but then you have Minority Report on the contrary, and it did not work well. Um, 12 Monkeys worked well. Yeah, I think it's like when you have the recognition of a brand and people are able to go, like, oh, yes, I saw that 10 years ago or 20 years ago, like, I'll watch the pilot. It still has to be good. Yeah. Yeah. You can't bank on the franchise. No. Um, which is really interesting, too, because then you are starting to consider who's watching TV. Because the people who are watching Lethal Weapon 20 years ago, or wait, Beverly Hills Cop, the mm-hmm. TV show, um, the people who watch Beverly Hills Cop versus the people who are going to watch the TV show, I, I want them to make shows for the new generation of kids. Yeah. Uh, and it's curi- a curious thing because like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon are a little bit more mindful of this next generation. Network TV is banking on the older generation. Yeah. There, I mean, I know that like Netflix and stuff, they're doing a lot of like millennial popular revivals. Like, like the C-Dub. 
CW. I don't know why I called it that. <laughs> C-dub. Trying the to be trendy. C-dub. <laughs> Trying to be trendy. My friend, my friend, Peds. Pedowitz. See, Peds just sounds like pedophile. Oh, man. <laughs> my friend, Ped Pedowitz. <laughs> he's not a pedophile. I do not know that man yeah. personally, right. but he's And then seems you great. got promoted from coordinator. Yes, um, in December, so I guess like 10 months into my tenure as coordinator. And uh, now you're manager. They promoted me manager, so it's very exciting. And you have clients. I have clients, and it's it's exciting. It's kind of like I'm like, these people trust me to like help them with their career, yeah. and that is so validating. And then on top of that, like people within the company trust my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of stressful because it's like I kind of am in a very subconscious way creating my own brand, yeah. right? Um, and then it's like these new voices. I am a TCI, TCK. I have this very international background. Then there's this expectation that I have international clients. But really it's just like I want fresh voices that can be like for a global audience. Mm. You know, someone who's writing the suburban, you know, housewife story. I'm like, what's the twist? They filmed Stepford Housewives in my town where my mom lives. And I'm like, yeah, but like that is such a that's a story that's so exclusive to this one community. Uh, And I think there are so many shows and movies out there that are speaking to people on a global scale. That's sort of what's happening. That's a common denominator. And when did you meet uh, Taylor? Because I know there's a story there that is important. I'm going to let Taylor take this away. I told a story before we started recording that I guess I should tell again. Um, Well, it's like, it's like, that's more, like, that's really relevant, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I was actually about to ask Daniela a question that I think this speaks to, which was what she said before. What a mouthful. um, About, like, the sort of philosophy that your dad instilled in you of like you, you should always be a, a little afraid because if, if you're not afraid you're not growing mm-hmm. um and i mean i think that that well a let me ask you does that apply to your situation now oh yeah i'm terrified <laughs> um i think it's interesting because this company really trusts me and they are telling me you're ready to kind of like be a manager at this company. I'm like, this is terrifying because there's no like manual to do my job. And I'm looking to the other people in my company for advice. And they're, you know, it is such a collaborative environment. No one is competitive. No one wants me to watch. They don't want to watch me fail. And that is also terrifying. Um, I know I'm going to make mistakes, whether they're catastrophic, I hope not. But it's it's invigorating at the same time. Like I'm running on an adrenaline rush right now where I'm like, 2016's my year. Uh, but I also, <laughs> whoop, 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 dale. Uh, I just want Pitbull in my life always. Um, so that's why it's scary because I don't know what I'm doing, but I have the skill set to excel. And I know that I'm at a company that wants me to do well. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I have everything that I need to do well. I just got to, I have to be, continue being scared. Yeah. And I have every confidence that Daniela will be fine as a manager because when I was an intern, a lowly intern, <laughs> um, well, so like I was an intern at this company for about a week before Daniela came back from MGM. So like I, I was there. The comeback kid. Yeah. I was there like, you know, five days. I had literally like just arrived in Los Angeles about uh, maybe a week to the day when Daniela came back. And I was like, who is this person that everyone seems to know? I was just getting used to like the faces and now there's a new one. Um, Sorry. And then, and then a position became available 
and I w- was like, oh, I'm, I'm one of the only assist or one of the only interns who has graduated from college. Sorry, Taylor had an eyelash on Dia her Dia just cheek. very tenderly plucked an eyelash from my cheek. It didn't look very tender in terms of her reaction. But it's yeah, fine. Taylor doesn't like it when I'm tender with her. Um, but yeah, so a position became available and I was like not at all qualified for it because I'd been an intern for like two weeks. But at the same time, I was like, I'm an adult technically and like I have bills and I need a job that pays money. So I went up for it, and Daniela was the one who interviewed me. And this was, like, one of I my first... I hate this story, because no. I sound horrible. No, 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 you don't. Uh, but it's, like, it's... I feel like you need that sort of wake-up call. Yeah. A little bit, Everyone yeah. Everyone needs that. Yeah, because I was definitely not ready for this job. <coughs> and so I, like, I like sent my resume to Daniela, <laughs> and I was just like, Hey, can, um, can, I, can I be considered, please? <laughs> And so she, like, brought me into her boss's office and, like, interviewed me. And it was, like, kind of dark in there. The lights were on. Yeah, there's a skylight in the office, yet it feels like a dungeon. Yeah. I don't um, know what's wrong so with I it. So I go into but... this dungeon, and I sit down on this couch, and I'm just kind of, like, don't know what to... I, this was, like, my first job interview in L.A. Because um, I got... me Taylor. I got the internship through my college, because Alex Perez just, like, picked me from the of view chicago people but it's also that program is competitive too well yeah i mean the program's yeah. really competitive and i totally like fought and like worked my ass off for that and like i think it was pretty deserved <laughs> um, but yeah call but it. then i crushed her dreams when she walked into yeah. that interview no but it was good and she was just like so she like asked me a bunch of questions and she was like you know have you rolled calls and i was like no i just got here like i don't i don't know where the bathroom is <laughs> it's like that doesn't matter yeah. if you don't know how to roll calls i don't care if you don't know where the bathroom or the coffee maker is yeah i was a little ruthless yeah no it was it was good though she was kind of like to be honest i'm you know i'm gonna be very straight with you like i'm not gonna submit your resume for this job i was like okay <laughs> yeah because i was like look you're in an intern program with what 12 or 13 people yeah. it's the summer all these kids are still in college, but you're not. So how do you become the best intern where it's undeniable that you become the front runner for a position yeah. like this? Yeah. But it was it was good to hear. It was necessary to hear that. I mean, it wasn't like nice in the moment. I didn't walk out of the room like, hurrah, I'm going to go crush it now. Like, <laughs> this is exactly what I needed to hear today. Um, but I, I kind of like you know, grumbled for about five minutes and ate some cheeses and, like, Yum. called my dad after work and was just like, you know, I, I didn't get that thing. And he, he was just like, all right, so, like, suck it up and, like, do do the work. And I was get like... Get her done! Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, and so that, like, kind of stayed with me. Like, honestly, that, that like, that... Well, and I was also, like, scared of you. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just arrived. Like, I know. It's like, I'm the stranger. There's this, like, you know, but everyone else knew who I was. She's, like, rolling around on her, like, rolly chair and, like, <laughs> making jokes with people. And you're, like, you talk more loudly than other people. Oh, yeah, I'm very it was loud. quiet. It was just, like, a totally silent first floor. And then you got there, and it was just, like... I know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, I've been around the block and yeah. I came back. I had a, a very dangerous confidence when I came back to circle, which was, it took a while to kind of put myself back in check. Um, but I don't know. I'm glad that it was helpful to you. Yeah, no, I and, mean, it's, yeah. it's definitely like, it's super good. I think for people like me who are like very, um, 
set super high goals for themselves to still like get the perspective of it's not enough to to push yourself and to try hard you have to be competitive and you have to think of have smaller goals that you have achieved before you jump immediately to the big one right you yeah you have to set milestones for yourself and you can't just be like because I'm smart and I and I work hard I deserve things like nobody deserves anything you, you still have to like earn the top spot every mm-hmm. time you can have the greatest vision in the world and you know be the, the one creative to rule them all but you still you're not gonna get you to still be- gotta get the ring to <laughs> so you still gotta you. roll them calls <laughs> who's your samwise um there you go they just, they're pointing at each other <laughs> just a visual aid um but yeah like there. you're never gonna get to the opportunities to showcase your creative talent unless you are you know can do the grunt work right yeah which is so it's which like is, weird you need to, to think hear. about it yeah it's you need to hear it and it's like you gotta do you have to you know yeah. build yourself to you this have to be level the best at stocking the fridge and the best at making the coffee and like i so like probably from then on i was like i'm gonna get here every day and i'm gonna make the coffee and then i started making the coffee at night before i left so that in the morning, just like, press on because Miles, who works at Circle, his he worked for uh, someone who was based in New York, so he'd get there early in the morning and like coffee would be made already. Top intern Taylor over here. One person noticed the job that I did, but now I'm telling everyone about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's like it takes that one person to notice, yeah. you know, and to be someone that's like I'm just gonna blend into the wallpaper, you know, and like just like survive. That's one thing, but to be like I'm gonna be the best yeah. is yeah. another. Yeah, put yourself out there because like being in that sort of internship is an opportunity. Like, I mean, if you're like me and Taylor, where aren't you to an extent where you work in you know a city that's or you go to college in a city that's not LA Mm -hmm. you get that internship then you have a very limited amount of time to be there yeah and exactly be you know to take like rampage the opportunity it's given right I make the most of it like I it saddens me because a lot of the internship programs have been dwindled down in the past couple of years because of the lawsuits that have taken place. And it's just like, okay, you probably have one shot. You have one internship. Make the most of it. Don't sit around. You should be, I like to describe internships as like, like now what, you know, like you do your task and you do it very quickly because you're smart and able, but then it's like, you need to be demanding more work and you need to be like, okay, what are these people doing that I should know how to do by the time I leave? And even if it's like the phone seems simple, the i they're not they are not the phones are so confusing because this idea that you work as an operator in 2016 is weird yeah like the fact it's like hello so and so's office one moment while i get them and like people make fun of the voice that i have but i'm like it's because i'm making fun of the job that i have of being an assistant i think we talked about it in the previous episode that or an episode um that an internship is a 10 week long interview oh yeah yeah um Okay, so so then at, at an assistant level, what sort of, how do you take best advantage how of did, your assistant? Yeah, how did job? you distinguish yourself? How like, do you leverage an assistant position into a coordinator? Uh, position? Into a coordinator position and then into a manager position because I'm gonna take extend on that. Okay. Girl. Okay. Um, as an assistant working for two managers, I read all of my boss's clients, 
And if you work in an agency or management company, you need to know your clients as best as your bosses do. But then at that point, I was like, okay, I know everything I need to know. I need to go above and beyond that. And so when I got promoted to coordinator, it was because I was already getting ahead of knowing all of the circle clients. But then you have to go above and beyond that. If you read an article in Deadline that this spec sold, like my favorite of last year was Move That Body that sold to Sony. And it was one of the first comedy specs that sold by the writers of... Um, broad city and i literally was like okay what's the hullabaloo like what is this weekend at bernie's meets the hangover script i've never heard of this before i read it and i go i understand why this sold and so you kind of have to develop an appetite for like what's happening out there and going above and beyond because no one's going to tell you to read that no one to this day has asked me what i thought of that script but the fact that i've read it and i can talk about it smartly there you go that's what's gonna distinguish me and like you have to give yourself weekend read. Your bosses have weekend read. So why don't you like, what are you reading? If you're reading articles online, like, is this an interesting story that could be adapted into a movie, a screenplay, you know, I don't know, like TV show. I don't know. I could go on and on and on, but that's what differentiates you from the other assistants because some people just look at the job as nine to seven thirty. Yeah. Those are the hours. That's it. Whereas I'm not getting po- paid overtime to read, what, six hours a weekend? Like this weekend, I read like four pieces of material, which is on the short end. But when I came to Circle, someone said you should be reading 12 things a week. And I was like, that number sounds daunting. And I go, I'm going to read 15 things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to prove you wrong. Uh, and our company has a weekend read distribution list of everything that everyone reads. And I was like, I'm going to send that list to everyone and then people started to ask me oh my gosh you're reading this thing what did you think like oh you watch these movies from slam dance I didn't even know we had the links and it becomes a conversation and so when I got promoted to manager it was like all right it's clear that you're going above and beyond what the expectations are for your job so help us build our business off of your taste and your access and your resources so you developed and then displayed sort of your taste level and you used the opportunities you had as an assistant to do develop it yeah yeah because it's like that move that body script I wouldn't have been able to get without the networking opportunities that I had so like I knew an assistant who had had the script and I said hey can you send it over to me I just want to read it you know I wasn't going to take it and like do something else with it that's a little snarky but it was just more like what are the resources available to me? I say that if you're meeting people, if they're part of tracking boards or part of these like brunch, like the monthly brunch or these like women, like as a woman, I'm part of these like women communities of women in the industry. And when, while we sometimes like shit talk, the horrible things that we go through, a lot of the time it's like, hey, did you read the script that passed the Bechdel test? It was actually really good. Um, and so it's just kind of like a very fun you know you take advantage of your resources and develop your taste in that way and then also if you work at a management company or an agency you should be reading other people's clients and complimenting them those people like I had someone I said to them this is one of the best scripts I've read all year and they go call the client and tell them and I was like wait what I get to fan girl over this client on the phone they're like yeah of course they're gonna love it because for the most part a lot of writers they feel insecure and they want to feel validated and so at the end of the day, amen, amen. <laughs> it's like, I not only feel like I have fraud syndrome, I feel like a lot of writers who have professional career careers are like, oh, how did I get here? Uh, and so I had that opportunity. But then again, I didn't assume that I was allowed to do that. So it was like, I tell the manager, I love this script. And then they allowed me that opportunity to tell the client too. And then I developed those relationships outside of that. 
um so yeah it seems like the job of being a manager specifically has a lot to do with like how much you put in your tank Mm -hmm. and you just sort of did a lot of that I mean because when you're an assistant put a lot in your tank yeah when you're an assistant you have access to all of the materials that your bosses have Mm -hmm. so like if if you want to make that next step it it makes complete sense and yeah hear it like be a tiny boss be a tiny version of you have to be your own boss like it's like your job has to be independent of your bosses earlier i said that like we're extension of our bosses as assistants but you came to this industry with an opinion and so it's like you need to ensure that you still have that opinion as you go on and so you know my boss had a script that was very similar to something that was already out there so i read both of them and i went to my boss and i was like this is what that script was and that's informative and you're like being a resource to your boss in a way that they didn't expect you to be um so it's like going above and beyond in that regard awesome yes (laughs) wow thanks guys um gosh wow you like you said everything yeah you said all the words that we needed to hear i mean and it's interesting because we do these informational interviews for our listeners but we also do them for ourselves Mm -hmm. um so you just like smacked us some real talk I'm glad. I hope you're not hurt. <laughs> no, it's, 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 but you just have to, ex- you have to exhaust yourself, yeah. but then it's like all for the sake of your career. So at the yeah. end of the day, you feel like armored. Yeah. No, that's what I feel like, like day to day life. Now it's like my weekend is still working, but it's, you love what you do. So mm-hmm. it's not, we're very fortunate. Yeah. The career that we're in, you know, yeah. it's not like laborious yeah. you know oh i have to read another script okay yeah exactly you're not, you're not taking the railroad home with you on the weekend right <laughs> I'm just gonna use my tools um but yeah like before i came here i was you know my friend was walking me through her like pilot that like the breakdown of her pilot and so that was like that's fun i'm hanging out with my friend but i'm still if not working, I'm sort of, like, displaying my taste level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's actually – that's very valid advice that isn't always spelled out. So thank you for that. You're welcome. What separates the, the, the kids from the adults? I don't want to admit that I'm adult, an adult, mm-hmm. but okay. She's a head <laughs> You're one of the I'm hunting the heads. You're one of the most adult people I know. Really? That's well, concerning. Like, but, no, but I say that in, like – I think that mature yeah well not even mature but like self-assured thank you you seem to have a like a pretty clear idea of like who you are and what you want or at least you're working toward it Mm -hmm. at a rate that is much greater that is very admirable yeah thank you yeah I don't I don't I can't speak to how that happens it just (laughs) kind of does I'm a middle child so that's already a phenomenon in that like I'm just like, I'm going to excel. I'm going to prove everyone wrong. Um, I think it stems from this very simple go, belief. Yeah. Done. Yes. Got a new nation. Got to meet my son. <laughs> You're looking for a revolution and I'm looking for a revolution. So listen to my declaration. Um, so great, guys. Little, my little hams. Oh, we are so hams. Um, okay, we should probably start the wrap up talk. How do we do that? What's a wrap-up talk? Well, like, you know, so that it comes to, like, a, a like a sound, coherent conclusion. Like, oh, we can do that. Yeah, we, we can do that, lady parts. So, so, <laughs> so do you have, uh, like, any, any last-minute bits of advice that we didn't organically get to that you just want to slap on the end here? I'm just going to reiterate the thing that if it doesn't scare you, then it's not worth doing. Like, you know, if you're terrified to move out here, then it's a good call. 
then again don't do anything illegal <laughs> don't take my advice and be like i'm gonna be a criminal now because Diola told me to but it's just like those things become the most rewarding um but even like yeah. having faith in your own taste level which is yeah some, it, that's scary it and is like, terrifying and you have to refine your taste but the only way you're gonna do that is by reading and watching and like knowing what your taste is um, and not being afraid to talk about it. You know, if you're going to just be like, well, I like this show and everyone is shitting on it. Talk about why you like it. It's the only way that you're going to be able to speak articulately and like why people want you yeah. versus this someone is, like, else. like the most coveted job. I mean, like your job, the job we want, any, any job in this industry is like so like it seems so sexy, but it really is kind of going to battle for. Like yeah, I'm actually. Opinions. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually only close to Taylor, so I can stab her in the back. Later. Oh wow! <laughs> no, but that's what what makes you valuable. You know, people describe assistance as disposable. I'm like, what makes you valuable is your opinion and your resources. Um, whether your resources are the natural networking connections you have, or something above and beyond, which I don't even know how to identify. But I always think that your resources are going to be the other people you know, that other people might not know. So there you go yeah yeah i didn't mean to rhyme but um, i did where can people find you either on social media or how can people follow your your shiny career my shiny trajectory. career i mean <laughs> you guys feel free to add me on linkedin because i love the linkedin ads yes i love linkedin no one loves linkedin i love linkedin i it's add so anyone great. who has the audacity to add me on linkedin because i'm totally into it you. there we go We've i know had you her, uh, resume up because it's not updated, but you're welcome to look. I'm on Snapchat. That's fine. I don't even know what my Snapchat username is. I think it's Nangarist, N-A-N-G-A-R-I-S-T. Instagram, Daniela Gar Bruchek, B-R-C-E-K. Daniela with one L because why would I spell it with two? Um, uh, Twitter and Facebook, like feel free. You can message me or add me. I just like preface it with how you know me. Um, but I just, I want to be a continued resource to people because when I moved out here, I didn't have anyone except for the, the art students that I lived with. And Craigslist. And <laughs> yeah, barely. Those people did not, they're all in reality now. And I'm like, mm, thanks for nothing. And what's your Twitter handle? Oh, it's Daniela Garbruchek. So D-A-N-I-E-L-A-G-A-R-B-R-C-E-K. Nice. Yeah. She said that before, but Did she? Mm-hmm. I thought good. she was spelling it for uh, the Snapchat. And oh, the Instagrams. Instas. <laughs> Instas. Cool. So yeah, cool. feel free. Awesome. awesome. Thank so you. Much. Thank you. This is really fun. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're great. I need to drink more water. Okay. And... Bye, everybody. Bye. And you can find us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. This is this is my favorite part. Oh, take it away, then. Um, I'm on Twitter at THBrogan and on most other social media with the same handle, like Brogan. <laughs> the Brogan. The, the, the Brogan. Um, and you can find me at on Twitter at the D-I-M-I-S-H-R-A. You can find our podcast at at bear in pursuit and on tumblr at pursued by bear podcast.tumblr.com and on itunes by searching for us and on itunes and if you have any questions tweet them at us use the hashtag pursued by bear podcast or email us at pursued by bear podcast at gmail.com a lot of a lot of options we have so many social media is amazing please talk to us (laughs) 
is, is the gist. We're really lonely. <laughs> <laughs> All right.